Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service that is dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast for filmstage.com as always i'm your host brian j rowan with me today we have robin barr clear we also have bill graham whip crack (laughs) perfect excellent uh with us today to talk about indiana jones and the dial of destiny it's sharia chavla Hi, thanks you for having me, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us to talk about the latest installment in the venerable Indiana Jones franchise. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to our uh, listening audience? Tell them a little bit about yourself. Certainly. Um, so, yes, I am also an online film critic, as many people are these days. Uh, talk about movies and television shows, even video games every now and then. Um, and I primarily work off of YouTube. Got into this thing several years ago or so now. Um, when I started talking about that time, it was starting with a movie called Batman versus Superman. And now we're here and uh, I can't wait to talk about this movie. Having grown up with Indiana Jones and stuff like that, but we'll get in more into that. Later. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm also, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also someone who grew up with Indiana Jones. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I don't want to say whether or not I'm excited to talk about this movie or not yet. Um, but it's great that you could be here to talk about this with us. So it doesn't just have to be me and Robin and Bill. Uh, those episodes have a tendency to be a little anarchaic. So it's good to have someone <laughs> here who will hopefully keep us slightly in line. Um before we get into all of that, though, the usual Mishigas up front, follow us on Twitter at Filmstage Show, Facebook, The Filmstage Show, email us podcast at thefilmstage.com. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow to give us your money. Uh, Liz, $1 an episode gets you access to our Slack channel and first crack at all of our awesome little uh, raffles and such. So go and do that. Um, we are also brought to you by Mubi, uh, a streaming service that is curated and dedicated to elevating great cinema. From around the globe, from iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there's always something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected, so you can explore the best cinema streaming anytime, anywhere. There's a couple things on there that I wanted to bring up. Uh, One of them was 2046 by Wong Kar Wai, which is an awesome movie. Uh, Another Mm -hmm. one is a movie that I have never seen, which I need to remedy and which uh, it's on movies, so now I can do that. It's Synecdoche, New York. Hmm. Has everyone else seen this? Am I the only one who hasn't? I have not. So, I have avoided uh, it. Yeah, okay. I, so I saw it in March a long time ago. <laughs> All right. So, like, here's my thing is I don't – I feel like I fucking hated – what was that shitty movie he made? Um, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, uh, so now I'm like nervous because people are like, oh, Synecdoche, New York. And I'm just like, yeah, but you guys said the same thing about that thing I hated. So I'm like, I'm confused. I'm scared. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's only two hours long, though. So like, you know, I'll give it a whirl. I'll check it out because uh, when he hits, he hits. And when he doesn't hit, 
he throws the bat into the stands and kills a fan. So depending on who you talk to, it's either the best movie they've ever seen in their entire life, hands down, or it's just a fucking piece of shit. Right. And, you know, it was classically mm-hmm. made fun of on Community. Um, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I'm happy that movies out here curated an experience like that where I am able to check it out. Uh, there's also a film by Sean Baker that's going on. Um, so there's like a lot, Ooh. there's a whole lot of stuff that you could check out on movie all the time. Don't forget last week I talked about Soller's Point, which is an excellent indie that people should see. So yeah, if you would like to understand the wonder that is movie, all you got to do is go to mubi.com slash film stage for a free 30 day trial. Again, that is movie.com slash film stage, mubi.com slash film stage for a whole month of great cinema for free. So that's it. Um, Anything else to talk about before we dive into our feature review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Now let's do it. All right. This movie, not directed by Steven Spielberg. This one, rather, is directed by James Mangold, who previously we saw in theaters with Ford v. Ferrari, uh, the last two Wolverine movies, and um, I don't know, Copland? I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. the other movies of his and that for some reason sprung to mind um i'm not even going to try to name the writers there's too many of them the movie stars harrison ford and phoebe waller bridge um and here is just a little susan of the trailer Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Same for the goddaughter. Dad told me you found something on a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. All right. That's part of the opening of one of the trailers for this movie, which cost $300 million. Um, Let's talk about it. We begin, as always, with our basic nutshell thoughts about this movie before moving into spoilers. Um... I don't know. I don't know how spoiler verse people are going to be for this one, but just be aware of that. So let's get into it. What are our actually? I would love to know not only our high level thoughts on the movie, but also what our history with Indiana Jones is. And let us begin with our guest. Well, um, I think the first time I watched Raiders, I was about eight years old, and um, it was my dad. We had it at home, and he randomly just—I think it was a Sunday afternoon or something—he just says. Uh, have you ever watched Raiders of the Lost Ark? And I said, no, it doesn't sound like, you know, I don't know what I was into at that point in time when it came to movies. I wasn't obviously, you know, not at the point where I'm, you know, watching everything these days or, you know, trying to look into different stuff. But then I said, yeah, sure. You know, um, if you say it's good, we'll check it out. And I still remember we watched it at this, you know, rinky dink TV of sorts of like, um, and, uh, and it was amazing, you know, just watching that for the first time and just being like, well, what, what is this? And, and this is one of my new favorite movies of all time. And then eventually, you know, that was like, well, guess what? There's two more. Um, and then I ended up watching Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade as well. Of those, I would say Raiders and The Last Crusade are the ones I went back to the most. Um, I I don't know. I, Temple of Doom was fine for me. I, I you know, wasn't like super into it. But um I remember seeing Crystal Skull when it came out in theaters on opening weekend, and we enjoyed it. 
up until the last 20 minutes. <laughs> and um, and then going into this one, again, it was a lot of memories, you know, like just the idea of, you know, starting this right off um, with uh, with how it started with, with, you know, my dad showing it to me. And so it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, now that this one's coming out, get a chance to see it with him. So for the screening for this one, you know, I, I took him. I said, you watch the last one. And so made a full circle moment out of it. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And what did and what did you think of this one? Oh, what did I think of it? Oh, I liked yeah. it. Oh, okay, uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be really sad if it's like, and it was terrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my my. <laughs> no, my dad actually, I think, loved it a little a hair more than I did. And oh, um, okay, I that, this is good. I'm glad because I was like worried that like it was gonna be like. And it was awful, and we're not talking anymore. <laughs> uh, no, no, I genuinely asked him. I was like, "Did you actually like like, like the movie?" And he was like, "No, I thought it was like great." He was like, "This is like top three, even second on a good day." I was like, "Oh damn, he really liked this Jesus, movie." Yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm glad he did. For him, Raiders is obviously that you're not getting there. It's not happening. Um, and so I figured at that point of time, you know, even as, as I was watching it, I said, look, I know it's not going to be Raiders. I know it's not going to be last crusade. Just try to be better than the last one. You know, we'll see how it goes. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and I did like it more than the last one. Um, I would say I even liked it a little more than temple of doom, which I, again, like I, I never loved ever. Like I thought it was okay. Um, it has its issues. You know, we'll we'll go into that for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I thought it, it was a lot of fun. Do you want me to start going into details right now, or first you guys? <laughs> no, no, that's not, I think I think knowing that it's good that you liked it, that it's that high on your list, that it's fun. I think that's good enough for now. So let's uh, yeah, okay. let's pivot to Robin. Robin, what's your history with Indy, and uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, uh, my history of Indiana Jones was seeing references to it in like all forms of media growing up. Um, I don't think I saw it until or at least Raiders of the Lost Ark. I didn't see that till maybe 2017, I want to guess. Um, yeah. And I was really trying to rack my brain, like what I liked or didn't like about the movie. And I just remember realized like, I could not remember a single thing about it except for melting Nazis. Like really? That is the only image I can recall from that what about movie. Because that the fucking giant boulder. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's from the first movie. See, I know oh that from God. like the. <laughs> I I know that from like Full House. Like that's my reference to that. Simpsons. I mean, it's like one of the funniest scenes of all times in that movie too, with the with the swordsman and the one oh, gunshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marion is Drinking. that in Raiders? Yes. Yes. Yeah, see, I saw this movie. I remember nothing. I mean, I remember liking it, like being like, oh, this is this is a solid B plus. Um, I think I really liked the melting Nazis. Like that was a really cool, just practical effect. Um, and then I decided I wanted to be as pure as possible for this movie and not sully my reputation of just missing the boat on like these big action flicks. So I have not seen any of the middle three movies and Dial of Destiny was technically my second Indiana Jones movie. Um, And 
you know, it has a lot of problems, which we'll get into, not least of which was like the Polar Express first 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And not just that, but like the de-aged Indiana Jones or, or Harrison Ford who sounds like old as fuck? Yeah, Harrison. I, you Ford. can like tune his voice. I I have seen, I have had computers make perfectly replicable like facsimiles of people's voices. You could definitely do that, but it's so weird when he's like young and young. Like I don't know, kid. Like this. yeah, it was such a choice. Like it looked not good, and then the production design, or I'm sorry, the audio design just made it so much worse. Um, but there are stupider things that happen in the movie. I, you know, I can't deny that. I, I think I struggled with like there, the set pieces are so fun in a way, like just how not the word maybe, I was expecting. It, it's, it's disney Like I, I, it felt like Disney world where everything is just like popping and fake but real and i i just i really enjoyed the production design or the art direction in the way that i really liked aladdin like everything just felt big uh, the live action aladdin and that was fun to me like i i i, I liked the you know the time pieces of that you know it i don't know what 1969 feels like but whatever they were doing, I was like, yeah, I, I get this. I get this. It, you know, it worked for me, the big parade scene, et cetera. But then it goes a little too far in some directions. Like we'll, we'll get into sort of the problematic action of that, but it, it started to feel like too many locales. It was just like very 007 or it was just like, Oh, okay. And another exotic location and another one and another one. And like, who the fuck knows what we're doing even right now? Cause it took me about, 45 minutes to even understand what the log line of the movie was. Mm. Um, that's fine. I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I like uh, Mads Mikkelsen. He was fun. Um, you know, she's good at what she does, even though her character doesn't make a ton of sense, but like her, her performance was a good time. I think the thing that affected me the most in the movie by far was the climax and will that's a major major spoiler but i full-on started crying at that point mm. and i don't know why i was like my hormonal like what's going on here um but there's a choice that happens in the movie that i felt like oh wow like this was i wasn't expecting them to go to go here or i wasn't expecting them to go here and they they did and they didn't um Again, like I think they could have been bolder in some ways, but yeah, overall, uh, a fun, mediocre movie. It's interesting you say like it, it reminded you of like Disney because like in Disney World, there's actually an Indiana Jones stunt, but stunt. Oh yeah, and that I was actually going to mention that, which is my favorite Indiana Jones branch off of the franchise is that ride like by far oh yeah like that I, when i was a kid, that I was ride like, is awesome this is the only reason to go to disney world <laughs> i only i mean i've only gone on that ride as somebody in my 20s and 30s and it is baller like yeah, legitimately bitch. scary all right bill graham hmm i'll keep this short um so i hadn't seen the uh what is it last crusade 
all the way through. I had only seen like the last 30 minutes um, because that was always on TNT when I was growing up. And it was one of those things where, okay, you catch the last 38 minutes of it and through osmosis, you kind of catch the rest of it. Um, And yesterday I actually sat down finally and just was like, let me just put it on. And I watched the first 20 minutes with river Phoenix. And I was like, Oh shit. I don't know what's happening here. I didn't realize river Phoenix was even in this fucking movie. Um, so yeah, that was delightful to watch that, especially bouncing off of this one. Um, so I had seen Raiders probably, you know, 15 times, um, not from start to finish, just like Star Wars. A lot of times I had just seen it, you know, caught it in the middle, caught it in towards the beginning, but, you know, never caught the first, you know, 15 minutes. Um, but it all told, I would say probably, you know, I've, I've sat down and started it from start to finish about three or four times within the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, so definitely a movie that I delight in that I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, very disappointed in, uh, crystal skull. Um, temple of doom is, you know, it's, it's mediocre. It's, it's okay. Um, so going into this, I loved, Logan. Um, I love 310 to Yuma. I loved uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I'm definitely a, a big James Mangold fan. Um, so going into this, I was hopeful. Um, and then the Canes or, or Con review came out and it was just like, well, yeah, but also why the fuck are you premiering it at, at Kane? Uh, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um they do that every now and then. I think I think one of the Shrek movies premiered at Kane's. Uh, you, know, like, you know, Con, whatever. Can um, and film festival. Um, and yeah, it uh, it premiered there. And it was just like, what the fuck are we doing right now? Um, but in terms of this film. It's pretty easy. Uh, first 90 minutes solid uh really enjoying it thinking that this was you know the plane was going to land very well um and then the last mm, hour or so i was like i've kind of lost it um it loses me a bit and uh thankfully by the end they do actually land that plane um i think the biggest issue is this movie is too fucking long too goddamn long it it has an hour at least of just too much going on uh it's got 15 chase sequences it's you know globe spanning like uh robin says which is like a hallmark of indiana jones but in this film you start to lose track um and yeah i think I think for the most part, a lot of things work in this film. Um, and I think it's it's better than the sum of its parts in a lot of ways. It's It's got some real mojo, uh, especially coming from Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is fantastic throughout. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, but, man, it is it is so, so long and unnecessarily so so i 
<clears throat> I I've I don't even remember when I was introduced to Indiana Jones. That's how long he's been a part of my life. Um when I was a kid, I I would watch Raiders of the Lost Ark on repeat. Um I would like try to figure out ways I could restage the different action set pieces in my house, like like half under a a like legs under a couch clinging to the armrests pretending that I was about to be dragged under a Nazi truck trying to stop the Ark from getting taken. Um, just like replaying it in my head all the time. Like the music is ingrained in, in my soul. It's like carved into my bones. And I just like, I like the other ones fine. Uh, Temple of Doom felt like cool and edgy. And then I liked the kind of mournful sadness and like sharper humor of... um last crusade but like raiders of the lost ark is always my favorite i mean it, it can't be denied it's simply the best one um i can't even remember crystal skull i saw it once i didn't like it that much i kind of hoped that we'd never have to deal with another one of these um and i could just go back to pretending that it didn't exist um this movie's fucking terrible this movie is a piece of shit i can't believe that any of you have managed to say anything nice about it um this is just awful. Like, the, like it's starting with, you have like too many feelings about it. Probably. About yeah. Like this is, I like, I understand now why like some, no, I don't actually. Cause I'm not like going and threatening people's lives over it. But I was about to say, I That's the why. bar that we are comparing ourselves to. <laughs> yeah. Cause like there, there are people who are like, uh, you killed Luke Skywalker. I'm going to like be so mad, but like Luke Skywalker makes sense. Cause we last saw him as a petulant boy who's like just barely starting to come to grips with how things are going. And the fact that he would fuck up makes a lot of sense. But Indiana Jones, we meet is like a grizzled, I don't know, 30 to something to 40 year old. Like he's not like a spring chicken when we first meet him. And what's fun about him is that he, his basic superpower is the ability to get the shit beaten out of him and keep going because he is committed to the the mission that he's given by the U.S. government to stop Hitler from getting an incredibly powerful relic. Um, this movie, the it starts off poorly with the uh, the de-aged but not revoice. Like I don't know why you can't just I don't know like re- just recast him. You know, like it, it. You know, River Phoenix. That scene with him playing Indiana Jones is just incredible. Like, I love that. And, and as a child, I loved the, the TV show with Sean Patrick Flannery, the adventures of young Indiana Jones, where he's like fighting in world war one and doing a bunch of stuff in, in, uh, in the, I think the Congo, I can't remember. Um, I like had my parents like tape every single one of those. And what's funny is that in that show, you actually see old Indiana Jones and he's like telling, these stories to a bunch of kids and he's missing an eye which is interesting so like apparently in that cosmology at some point he really got fucked up um i don't know i just like like every like the movie starts at a disadvantage because friggin what's mccauley crystal skull got ended in a way that i was like well this is it like you can never make another one of these movies like this is just over and then they did it and the way it had been set up for them to kind of carry it on was over. And so, like, you have to do a bunch of sad bastard stuff with him. Which is, like, fine, I guess. But I don't know. Like, like this movie, like, the third car chase, I was just like, I am over this. Like, just be done with this. <laughs> like, stop staging the same action scene. Like, I'm tired of... 
let's not do another uh, mild fist fight running, get into a car. Uh, they're gone. It's okay. I know where they're going. And then we cut to another place. Like, it was just so repetitive and so awful. And I can't believe that anyone found a kind word to say about Phoebe Waller-Bridge either. She's terrible in this. Uh, it's it's so... Okay, it's, go into what is terrible. What do you mean by terrible? I just, like, mm. she she's not... I don't know. I, like, she's a charisma vacuum. Like, there's nothing there to recommend... So like, someone say she is the opposite of that. I don't agree with those people. I mean, it's fine for them. It's great. I'm I sorry to tell you this. I am one of those people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never seen Fleabag, so maybe that's a problem. Maybe, like, I'm not primed mm-hmm. to like her because I remember the thing she was apparently good in. But in this, like, I just, every time she was on the screen, I was just, like, I cringed. You know, she's got she's got her own short round and what's weird, actually, yeah. is that she tells the history of how she found that kid. And Indiana Jones at no point is like, huh, interesting. I, too, once had a ragamuffin orphan who I caught trying to pick my pocket and is gone. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it was things like that. That's who Short Round is? He was a pickpocket? Yeah. Yeah, that's the story. Wait, Literally, so they just, like, exactly the same story. <laughs> and I was like... Oh man, I wonder if they're like gonna say something about short round, and he's like, "Huh, okay." Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, if you're gonna drop a reference that easy to pluck, it's not even a low hanging fruit. It's a fruit that dropped literally into your pocket, and you still didn't reach in to take a bite. So wait annoying. a minute, did he die? Short round? Yeah, maybe. Literally yeah. is never heard from after that movie. Because the reason I ask is because it seems like such an obvious cameo and or character to write in to yeah, this movie yeah i agree considering kihoi kwan just won the oscar yeah again okay, I anyway agree. you know you could have had fucking yeah, as much as i hated her you could have had winnie from what's i'm gonna call it the the other one the wonder the, years the good one no <laughs> the lounge singer from the temple of doom it's mm-hmm. like they like went out of their way to not include anything from Temple of Doom, except for the part where Harrison Ford, as Indiana Jones, literally explicitly talks about being tortured with voodoo and drinking the blood of Kali. I'm just like, so you're not pretending it didn't happen. Anyway, I'm sorry. I This movie was not good. I don't, I was like halfway through the Nazi train. I was like, this isn't for me. I'm not getting anything out of this. And it never got better. I was sort of excited when I saw the Lance of Longinus and then they pivot to the clock and I'm just like, yeah, this is less interesting to me now. It's a dial. <laughs> it's, it's a clockwork mechanism. Is it really a dial? It's a dial. What is a dial? Can we, it's a dial will, of will destiny. look up the engineering term for a dial? I mean, it's a timekeeping mechanism but, but i wouldn't clock. call it a clock not all mm-hmm. clocks are it's, it's to be a clock don't you have to have gears okay wait no noun a face of a clock watch or sundial is marked to show you its time i guess it is a dial it's also a body soap it's also yeah. it's also a what verb. you do on a phone yeah anyway so yeah i hated this movie um oh this is gonna be fun I guess so. I don't know. Maybe I just won't say anything. I don't know. I like, I always hate when like the nerds like me, they ruined my thing. And I don't think this ruins it. Cause like we'll always have Raiders, you know, 
<laughs> and like if kingdom of the crystal skull didn't fucking ruin indiana jones i think he's proven resilient enough to not get taken down by this limp piece of shit but like yeah i just i can't i don't think i like smiled i don't think i like felt an ounce of joy every time that the 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 theme music kicked in i just felt sad and i like sort of perked up when i thought they were going to do something cool at the ending and then they didn't and I just like, I don't know. It's like I left and I was like bummed out. And then I like read 100 pages of Wonder Boys and I felt slightly better. And then I grilled because it was July 4th and that made me happy. So like didn't ruin my day, but it definitely didn't help any. So, you know, for me, because I have absolutely no connection to this franchise at all. Like I'm not saying I'm like, you know, totally pure here because I have seen Raiders, but I... And nobody is truly objective anyway, but I feel like I had no stake in the game and thus I could appreciate what I was being blasted with, <laughs> you know, from a different web- wavelength. And That's I would say, to me though, because I feel like without the without the buoy of nostalgia, like this action is very flat. The story is not that interesting. Like, I'm surprised none of that repetitiveness caught up with you. It did. I was totally <laughs> bored by the like last half, I would say, because I, I was saying to Bill or I mean, I was saying in general, but Bill sort of caught on to this. It's just too many fucking places. Like at some point you're like, wait, what are we doing again? Who are we trying to get away from? Who are, who are these bad guys? Like, I know it all gets explained, but none of the motivations make sense. And, and everybody is just a little too random in the sense that it's like why are these why is everybody chasing after him why is everybody just getting shot randomly are there so many guns in this movie it doesn't make any sense but like all of those complaints aside you know i would say it's as fun as a reanimated corpse could be that's that's i don't you know i tried to think of a joke that i could throw at that but uh i don't think i can (laughs) gonna be like i don't know zombie movies like weekend at bernie's I, you know reanimated corpse have been funner as a subject i don't know if the content <laughs> reanimated well, let's corpse go is... dig something up and try to reanimate it and see how fun it is i'm curious sharia you were mentioning that you really <laughs> liked phoebe waller bridge what do you find charming about her and this uh, role? Um, well, I kind of like the aspect where it's like, you know, I think when it first started, and I just seen Temple of Doom as well. There was this one thing where the first time um, Indy starts to go after everything regarding, you know, what's going on over there. The first thing he tells um short round is like you know we, we could do this for like fortune and glory and stuff like that and you know being a prequel to to raiders it's like you're still not at the point of an indie where it's like it's you know it's about the journey and and essentially you know trying to do it because there's that there's suddenly that love for it it's still it's still not quite there and so something about the the, the arc for for helena in the movie is like you understand, obviously, like you get an idea as to why she's so jaded by the whole thing in the first place. Because of the, on the one hand, it's like 
see what this did to my dad at the end of the day, if I'm going to get a profit out of this fantastic. But um, I don't know, something about how that arc sort of went with, you know, how she eventually along the way, it went from the fact that, okay, let's not, let's not just do this for the money. Let's do this because it's eventually about, you know, trying to, you know, help out. I, th- I think something in the end happened where um, she was very um, uh, determined to be, you know, sort of try to just get the dial no matter what. And then eventually when Indy's in trouble, she's like charging into battle. And then, I don't know. So, uh, and I, and I, I thought she was, she was really funny. Like I thought she worked off of um, Harris Ford really well. I've seen her in a lot of stuff now. Um, this is ironically the second production from Lucasfilm I've seen her in. She was also L3 and Solo. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I thought uh, I thought she was I thought she was good in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't exactly looking for like an Oscar performance here. I was just looking for a fun character, and I I thought she was a fun character. Yeah, I, uh, well, I'll let you go in a second, Brian. But yeah. one thing I did like about the character was that she was just so venal. Like, mm-hmm. her her uh, loyalties were capricious, and I was totally fine with that. I didn't need, you know, a moralizer. Like, it was just kind of fun to see her be a some a sort of femme fatale and maybe you could argue that that is her brand in a way is being a sort of lovable femme fatale but yeah she i i i liked the i don't want to say i don't know if it's sarcasm exactly but i liked the dryness of her performance and Mm -hmm. there there is a for me a sparkle to her acting in general um that really works. And I'm not even a big fan of Fleabag. Like I, I, well, I shouldn't say that I liked it, but I didn't think it was like the second coming the way a lot of people felt about it. Uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it works, but I've seen so many better shows like it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that Brian hates her as much as she, as much as he does. I'm <laughs> curious as to why, what do you think I would I don't, like? I don't know. She's not a femme fatale. She she's not throwing off any of that femme fatale energy. She's she's capricious, yeah. But like, it feels like in a very underwritten way. Like, I don't know. Like, it's and it's it's to go off of um that concept of oh, she has like an arc that takes her this. I don't know when the hell she decided that she didn't suck anymore. Like, and wasn't just in it for the money. Like, I don't. I don't recall a moment like I guess when I think back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, one of the things I think about is Indiana Jones saying like, I don't believe in any of that. Like, you know, mumbo jumbo, like, you know, this is a scientific artifact. I'll go get it. But like, it's, there's no magic. There's no whatever, which is weird because then, you know, he becomes possessed by voodoo and sees a man get his heart ripped out and still be alive uh, in a prequel, but whatever. Um, And, and it's it's the slow dawning realization of the true power that he's dealing with. It it is a it is a man who has to come face to face with the divine and garner a respect and a fear for it that in the end saves his life and kills the Nazis. And this movie, like, I don't know, like it's there's just like a, a real lack of power and purpose behind everything they're doing. It's like they want it. 
because the Nazi wants it and she wants it for money. And Indiana Jones is kind of like just stumbling around, like kind of sort of after it. But for why? I don't know. Like there just there just didn't feel like there was any drive or tension. And it wasn't like in 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 Raiders of the Lost Ark, there's a real palpable excitement with every new thing they discover that draws them closer to it. And in this movie, like they sort of have it from the beginning and they just keep finding new little clues. There's a whole scene where she walks through like what turns out to be. Who's she? A fa- uh, the Bridgers. Bridger. Bridge? Waller Bridge. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Hel- Helena. 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 There we go. Let's just stick with character names. Um, Where she like does like a whole like national treasure style like, oh, this is what this says, but this is what this means. And I was just like, this isn't. I don't like, I don't care. Like this isn't good. This isn't fun for me. And then it turns out that all that was just a distraction. And then you have to melt the thing and they really go somewhere else. And you're like, oh, this is cool. Like the Nazis are going to go in the wrong direction, but then they don't, they go exactly where they're supposed to go. So what was like, it's just, there's so much of this movie that feels like time wasting. And it's like padding on a two and a half hour long movie. And like, why? Why are we doing this? We've sucked the soul and the humanity and the wonder out. And then when we sort of get it back, it gets kind of cynically taken away. And I don't know, like, it just, it just, it it didn't, it didn't feel like an Indiana Jones movie. I mean, like, you know, that, that whole, that whole buildup just wasn't there. Cause it was just this like pop, 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 like we're going to go to this place, then this place, then this place, then this place. And it's over now. And it was, it was just really, I don't know. Like, I just, it's, it's almost, I almost wish that it like were more actively bad, like made bad choices. What horse in a subway wasn't enough for you? No, that seems pretty <laughs> tame. I feel like I've seen that in another movie. Like, no, that wasn't, I was going to say it was a men in black movie, but I think he was just like holding on to a worm or something (laughs) i can't remember but i feel like a horse at a subway has been done and i feel like like you know uh, a small car chase through morocco has been done like like honestly i feel like that was done in the rhythm section and it was done a lot better in a movie that i'm sure i just said it for the first time that any human has said the rhythm section in three years but talk about that movie a lot Hmm, I do. I mean, I only ever hear you talk about it. I know it. that's that. Yeah. So compared to everyone else, I talk about it all the goddamn time. It's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, so funny, funny thing about that. Just a quick five second detour over here. Okay, I was at love the detours. Oh, fantastic. In that case, I'll tell you this. I was at the red carpet premiere of the rhythm section. I don't remember the rhythm section. <laughs> I was literally sitting like three rows in front of Blake Lively for like five seconds. So I, <laughs> I mean, I, and I, even I, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I watched that. I forgot. I like um, the rhythm section. I, I bought the I, book. I didn't hate I never it. read it, but. <laughs> I didn't hate the movie. I, I mean, I thought it was okay. I, I know some people who really lambasted that thing. I don't think it's that bad at all. Um, you know, I, don't, but, I don't think it deserves a lamb, lamb, lambasting. I almost said lambasting, like it was a turkey. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm, well, basted uh, lamb. Mm, 
Mm. You know what else doesn't deserve a lambasting in my book? <laughs> this movie. But I understand your point of view. Uh, but... I know I need to dial it down a little. <laughs> no, bit. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, also, I respect yeah. it. <laughs> but I respect it. No, I understand entirely. In fact, I was watching the movie, and while I can say that I really enjoyed it, I was also like, oh, I know people are going to hate the shit out of this because there's some stuff that, you know, like, which I'm seeing as choices, and I'm like, no, oh, I like that. And then I see something, and I go, someone's going to hate that. Uh, that's <laughs> that's particularly, particularly in that last act of the film. It's like there are so many swings and takes, and they're not, like, I think with the franchise that we've seen, there are wild swings that's taken. I don't think the swing that they take in this is as wild as Crystal Skulls. I think Aliens is crazier than this somehow. Uh, yeah, but... I was trying to think. So let's. I'm just going to say that we're getting to spoilers now. We're in the spoilers. Please, because I have so much to so say. I think that I think. I think I agree that Aliens is crazier than what happens here. Like, a good old time wormhole seems quaint mm. compared to... But they're not aliens, right? He Like, like John Hurt finally wakes up. John Hurt? No. Yeah, it is John. It okay, is John all right, Hurt. yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he wakes up and is like, you know, they're, they're from the space between space or whatever. He like I don't know what he says. They're like, it's something like they're interdimensional travelers. They're not actually aliens. Yes. Which are you? Anyway, sorry. You want <laughs> it's I know it's like when people are like aliens don't come from outer space; they come from inner space. They come from the hollow earth, and it's like still pretty fucking alien to me. But okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but sorry, uh, I was just gonna finish up my point with saying like I that uh, I've seen so many crazy things, and yet despite the fact that there was this crazy thing going on with the time travel, I thought. Let's gauge the audience here. And I was at a packed theater for this. So I, I started to get a look around at the reactions. I was like, let's see what people are feeling. How is this going? And um, I can I can safely say that for a while, I thought people are skeptical. They're not liking this. And then when the punch happened at the end, I had a deja vu over here. Okay, so, so you know how there was that moment in The Last Jedi where Luke got the saber and then he flings it process back yeah i love that and mm -hmm. yeah everybody on the internet lost their fucking shit because it was like oh my god how could he do that what a disgrace this is and i remember being opening night at the last jedi and the entire theater erupted in applause and laughter it was just the right, funniest yeah. moment and the same thing happened here where i saw some people being like i can't believe it just gets knocked out in one punch and again once again opening night full theater everybody cheering and applauding. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, am, I, am I, am I in a time, am I time traveling? Am I in an alternate dimension? Because I just, it just, it doesn't, I just don't understand. But that's why I try to stay away from certain debates online because I'm just like, I, I don't even know anymore. You know, like I, 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 we are not watching the same things. Um, but uh, so anyway, I, I find that interesting because I loved the Luke throwing the lightsaber. But I think that's because it's like at the beginning of the movie and you get to spend the rest of the movie examining that, you know, and like yeah. coming to understand because that's like a shocking thing that he did, you know, and you're like, yeah, OK, like but why did this happen? And in this movie, he makes a pretty good argument for letting him die there. Like 
his life is in shambles. He's devoted himself yes. to the course of history. Mm-hmm. He, Everyone thinks he's a fucking murderer. Right, right. Yep. He's got, like, okay, but not only that, but like. Well, they'll clear that up. There is, uh, Bill. I mean, they clearly do because he's just like in his room and his fucking wife is back. Anyway, um, so, but like, there's a point, I think it's in, I think it's in the Last Crusade where he says like, it belongs in a museum and someone else says, so do you. And then they like push him out of a plane or shoot him or something. Um, and, and like, I was like, this is incredible that they're going to do this because they, they are like, something is going to happen and they're literally going to put him in a museum, you know, like I was waiting for that. And I was like, that would actually completely, I would do like a 180 on this movie if that were the case. And if they didn't actually have the balls to pull off that choice. If they had a man who has spent his entire life digging up stuff and putting a museum. And like this whole movie, he keeps saying like, it belongs in a museum. Don't sell it. It belongs in a museum. And if if they at some point like taken something from him, I don't know, like the whip or something or the hat, which seems a little nutty, but like, why not? Or like just had him be on a or slate. Pompeii him. <laughs> I was that's a lot, but I was gonna say like have like a tablet and someone looks and is like, doesn't it look like that man is wearing a hat? Like you know and blah. Like that would be pretty fucking awesome. I would have loved that. Like it would be very like, Handmaid's Tale. And I just I didn't read that book or see that show in its entirety, um, so I don't understand the reference. So at the end of Handmaid's Tale, you find or the book, you find out that. It's actually like it is it's almost like a framing device where university students like several hundred years in the future are studying the time period of Gilead in, you know, and what came after Gilead in the territory of the where the U.S. is. Mm -hmm. And it's people are just like, oh, like making jokes about her testimonial. And it's supposed to be a commentary on how academics read things like diaries of enslaved people and just make like glib jokes and don't really see the humanity in the people that, you know, create uh, primary sources. Yeah. And I like that. It, and, and that's, that is brilliant. And they're like, someone makes misogynistic joke and it's, it's supposed to be this commentary on how like history is cyclic. And I wish that the, this movie had had, the cojones to pull something like that off because I, you know, at the beginning of the episode, when I was talking about, I had this like outsized emotional reaction. I was talking about when they literally fly into the battle sequence of history. And I was like, Oh my God. Can you like, I guess because I'm a history nerd, I was just like, can you imagine what it would feel like to devote your whole life to this and then suddenly find yourself in this space? I, mean, I guess it was like a very cheesy mm-hmm. emotional reaction. And then mm-hmm. when he was like, leave me here, like, this is my life's work. I just want to enjoy it. And the bitch doesn't let him do it. And right. she does not. Fuck and her. like, she takes away his consent by. Well, that's a- I'm not attacking- going to use that language. No, but, <laughs> but she literally attacks him. And kidnaps right. him. I, I, totally against his will. Uh, if I woke up in that room, <sighs> I would fucking never talk to her again. And then I would commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the reason so, I, I, okay. I, I'm a, I love to travel. Hold on a second. I love to travel. And one Clearly. of the things I lament the most is that you can only travel 
in space. You can't travel back in time. I love this. And what Please you're keep going. <laughs> what you're always trying to capture when you travel is a, a sense of history, a, a what was. You know, it's really hard to go back to like, it's really hard to go to a place and you're like, oh, but this is not what I read in my history fiction, my historical fiction book. You know, you're always going to have these touches of modernism. And that's kind of the problem with modern travel is that every, because of globalization, everything feels a little bit the same. Like you can always get the same things in every city and whatever, like we can talk about the McDonald'sization of the world. But Mm -hmm. I think this movie captured that feeling that I have, which is like, this is the once in a lifetime opportunity to engage in the thing that I love the most. And the movie doesn't not only does he not let him make that choice it I, gives him this false happy ending that he didn't even want i i, I think that's bullshit right. also his like uh, marion's like hold on. i heard you were hold back. On. no no, no. I, I i think there is i think there is one major one one thing over there that we're forgetting it's taking place at a time when the machinery that's being used for bullets is not existing they don't have the medicine. That guy was dying. Right. He wanted yeah, to die. Yeah, but that's a legitimate. Yeah, exactly. He wanted to die. Like, let him have fucking fun with some Archimedes. Let him, like, for yeah, like an I've hour. Got, I got. He would have lasted five seconds with Archimedes at that rate. That's anyway, not true. Yeah. Cause, like, he fucking apparently goes back through a wormhole to get back to his time. It's not like he, with that, well, first, not to be like the guy who knows about guns, that's a survivable gunshot wound unless it gets infected, in which case. Yeah, for an 80-year-old man? Like a beast. Yeah, no. <laughs> but Bill, for an 80-year-old man. He rode a horse through a subway. He's not your average 80-year-old man. <laughs> okay, but Indiana Jones is fallible. He is yes, not super he, superhero. Again, he is not I'm, like he loses fights. And so he is he is potentially mortally wounded. He's also 80 years old. He's had this wound for quite a while. He's, he is visibly like bleeding out all over his shirt. Yes. He probably does not have like, I can't, I can't remember the last time he probably drank a full glass of water. So his, (laughs) his amount of water inside of his body is probably perilously low to begin with. And now he's bleeding out. You're saying like, I'm not expecting him to stay there, take a bride and raise a family. I'm expecting him to die in a couple days, but let him die in history when he has lived his entire life in history. Yes. Like, yeah, let him go. Which is funny because I Like if the wife wants to leave him, let her fucking go. Let him die living his truth and living the way and dying the way he lived, which was you know, okay, okay. Y'all, y'all are gonna have to give me a moment to talk because y'all have been talking and ranting about yeah, how bad no. this ending is for about 10 minutes. Okay, so I give just me wanna, just I, a little bit of break. No, I no, no, 10 no. 10 seconds to just say, <laughs> okay, I hated hurry up. the ending of James Bond because I didn't want James Bond to die. Um, I and again, I loved Last Jedi when he threw the lightsaber away. So I'm not one of these fucking nerds who's like that. I'm like, I'm being very inconsistent i know and that's because i have very personal singular reactions to these things and so here is a guy who i like who is a like an icon and i'm perfectly willing to see him die in this movie unlike james bond mm-hmm. anyway okay. Bill, go ahead. so i think there's a couple of things a 
he is searching for meaning in his life right now. I think one thing that we haven't really touched on yet. And one thing that Brian kind of threw shade at in our Slack channel. And I think it is funny that Shia LaBeouf basically dies off screen, but he gives a delivery of the fact of, of that, like, you know, uh, plot dump basically on the side of a boat and i've found it really affecting and he basically says that you know i would tell him that he's going to die that that is going to drive a wedge between his mother and i and i would never be able to kind of talk her back and like get her over that and Mm -hmm. when she comes to him at the end of this movie she asks him are you back she isn't asking, are we, are we going to get over this? Like, are, are, you know, I'm fine now. Are you okay now? No, she's asking him if he's back. And I think the disconnect is he thinks he's not been able to reconnect to his wife, not draw her back from the dark side or the edge or the cliff or whatever you want to kind of put that metaphor on. And I think she actually thinks the opposite. I think she thinks that he's at the cliff's edge and is searching for meaning in his life. He looks very like disorganized. He's lost his mojo at the beginning of this film. Nobody gives a shit. Part of that is because of the time period, but also part of that is because he clearly has lost his mojo. And I think all of that is wrapped up into mutt dying and I think the end of this film, what it does is it restarts their relationship and it gives him the opportunity to say, oh, shit, you are actually the love of my life. Right. And this is something that I actually do want to pursue. And she kind of cuts through him. And I think it's the first real world words they've probably said to each other in probably you know 10 years or so um well i think it's probably closer to five um because mutt couldn't have died that's that far away but either way um i think it's the first true words that that she they've said to each other in quite a long time um i think that is a beautiful way to end this story and in his story, because I think he he finally has something that isn't necessarily just rooted in the past, but he's always flirted with these women that have a very specific interest in, in the past. And she's the one that's kind of stuck around. She's the one that's always kind of been there. Um, it's a little bit of retconning throughout the series that like he is kind of James bonding his way around the globe. And then now he's back with Marion. But I do think, you know, they do a good job of it in in Crystal Skull. One of the few things they actually do good in that. And I think, you know, this kind of wraps a nice little bow on that. Now, Yes. Had they left him in the past, I think that would have been brave. It would have been cool. It would have been different, but also it would have been a fucking nightmare of like the time of the bootstrap paradox and all of this other shit. So if you want to tell me, oh, what if he could have like left his whip or a hat? Guess what? Archimedes made the dial. 
So he did because he brought him literally a finished product and was no, like, keep said, going. No, he they had to said, make we own. have to take it back. I, he I to make his stop. Own. Stop. Well, don't yes. do wrong things. No, I said the right thing because he presents it to him and basically is like, you should keep going and then takes it back. So he, under that pretense, definitely finishes that he doesn't finish that most likely if they don't travel back in time and do this it is a bootstrap paradox it is basically it happened in dark it's happening here like here is the finished product you don't get it but you basically get told it's just like in extreme sports someone you know tony hawk does the 900 all of a sudden five other people do the 900 the next year it's oh shit that is possible okay i'm gonna keep going and and i'm gonna get this done and also archimedes probably only had like six months to finish that fucking thing because uh i think i think that that specific war lasted like a year and a half um so and it does you know, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about it. Uh, that looks like it's pretty much done. Like it, it's getting close. Like there are soldiers on the ground at that point. So I don't know how, how much longer this uh, this whole war is going to last. I think it's I think it's going to end pretty soon. Um, so he does leave a piece of his history in that way. Um, he had an influence on Archimedes. Like, w- what cooler thing can you imagine doing than having that on someone that you're giving lectures about? You know, so to me, he did leave a little bit of himself back there. Um, so I think I think it serves both points um, and gives him a nice little wrap up. And it it also allows them to wrap up Mutt and then give them give him Marion. And give him someone that he can actually like fucking retire with, you know, like, man, he's going to be fucking lonely in retirement without Marion there. Not if he died like he wanted to. Best friends with Archimedes. Right. Exactly. (laughs) For two days. And like going at like you like I'm not saying like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if he like dropped something and then left? Like I'm saying he should he should. That's what Robin said. No, I wanted him to be the to stay back. corpse that they find. Yeah, I would. Uh, what my like ideal end to this movie would have been: he stays there, they leave, and then you cut to her, uh, Hel- Helena, 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 mm-hmm. Helena, Helena, um, like at the the Battle of Syracuse ground or whatever, like you know, digging around. And, you know, she finds something and someone's like, oh, like, what is it? And she's like, you know, or like, I don't know. I'm not I can't write a movie on the fly, but it could almost be like, oh, you know, is that worth anything? And she's like, not to anyone but me. And it's like his whip or something. And she finds it in like a box that he left with like a note to her or something, you know. And then you learn Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's not a money grubbing, you know, traitor anymore. And like she loves him and he's fine. And he, you know, whatever. I don't know. Like. I I don't know. That's but like the, I, then I'd have to like care about her as a character. I am curious. Um, Sharia, you had talked about Helena making a change at some point. Can you like pinpoint for me when that happened or uh, why it well, happened? He gets shot. I think that's the point. Like the when he gets shot and then he's taken away. I would say that's when because he's running the other direction. I remember, and then at, at, at one point, um, uh, 
Okay, you know what? I'm sorry to say this. I forgot that kid's name. Um, Tugboat. Oh, yeah. Marcus. It's Anthony, right? What? No. Hold on. I swear to God, it's Anthony. Or Theodore? Antonio. Is it Antonio? No. No, his name's not Antonio. Um, Something like. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember. Teddy. It's Teddy. 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 Which is short for Theodore. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Teddy is, and 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 she starts telling Teddy, "It's like, no, 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 we got to go back." And he's like, "No, no, we are going back." And then they sort of do this turnaround. And I think somewhere along the way, it's pretty simple. Where it's like, "Look, we can just get out of this." You know, like we've already been in this mess enough. At this point, we could just drive off. You know, then it's done. But the fact that you know she finds a way to sort of get onto the plane i mean i th- i think at some point in time when you're trying to get onto a plane through the you know retracting wheels of it you know on a runway i'm pretty sure at that point in time you're like it's not about the money anymore <laughs> like, but i guess it would just be to, to my mind like it would be so much better if like his passion for history like got to her and so she's i i think it did because you because i think it did sorry um i sorry interrupted no no it's uh, fine yeah i think it really did because you watch that entire walk you know when you see them getting all the way to uh the the tomb and finding the second half of the dial that entire time when he's talking about all the stuff that he's seen all the stuff that he's done and you sort of run that story through and it's like it's not all about the profits you start up you, I, I mean i don't know if it's like a it's like a physical performance sort of thing but you know just you see her infliction sort of changing and suddenly it's not it's because it's it could be very simple for her to just see the second dial part of the dial join it together and go all right bounce see ya. <laughs> you know i'm gonna go and sell this for like a you know a bunch of money but the fact that she's like, huh, he's got this watch on him. It's kind of new. Like, what is that? Like, that wasn't made. And then she starts inquisitively looking into it as he is. It's like, yeah, you could run. But you're not running because now you're invested in this. You want to know what's going on. Right. I suddenly it's become, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think my issue is that that happens with like 30 minutes left in the movie. I would rather it happen at some point. Uh, I would rather it better than nothing. I think I think Crystal's goal happened. Why, why is that the issue? Yeah, I mean, because, because like I just wish that it had happened earlier. I think that it would be more fun to live in that space than to have to take her for two hours being just this capricious money person who's not even like I don't know. Like, there's just something well, about I... her her cavalier attitude about it where I'm just like I don't understand what her. It's not I, like. I know she wants to make money and I know that she's got debts, but it doesn't feel like she's being pursued across the globe by like people who are threatening to kill her. And like, there's not a point where someone like backs her into a corner with a gun and she's like, I swear to God, like I'm going to get you your money. You know, she's yeah, just like, uh, like what's driving her this whole time is just like kind of a boredom. That's not a really fun character trait to follow. I mean, I would argue that she is backed into a literal city corner at one point because there's someone that she was right because she went back to the hotel where everyone hates her, which is like you couldn't set up a shady illegal deal at like the Waldorf Astoria. And then, sorry, you know, don't hit the player, hit the game. So (laughs) (laughs) hold on, hold on. Are are you are you asking why she's in such pursuit of the dial? No, I'm saying I don't like her. Her reason for it is not compelling to me. 
I mean, that also, it again, is it, goes, it is her her father's absolute no, she just obsession. Wants to sell it. Yes, yeah, but it is it is it, it's right, it's please. her father's it's her father's obsession, which could lead to a lot of money. But also, it is her father's obsession that like like consumed him. Yeah, and so it obviously becomes like a revenge thing. Also, it's like fine, I'll find it, but I'm not gonna. But you know, I'm gonna make sure that it's just you know fucking rot somewhere because the fact is that obviously it, it also comes down to that she's seen her father become so obsessed with it to the point that he, mm-hmm. he was trying to smash his hand or something at one point no he was flashback. trying to destroy it with a hammer or yeah. was yeah or whatever it was but but it's like you're seeing him go fully crazy she's a young girl it's like I'm, i don't know how to put this but like you see your parents doing something like that it it hits you, man. Like that, you don't just forget something like that. Like my dad tried that one time. Anyway, let's move on to better things. Like, <laughs> no, that doesn't just that doesn't just happen. Those things traumatize the fuck out of you. Look, and I will so say, it, childhood trauma is a repeated thing that we talk about this podcast. So if you want to talk about whatever you were going to say, I'm here for it. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And hey, man, childhood trauma. <laughs> what part of this series doesn't have a bit of childhood trauma? Last Crusade is built on daddy issues. Oh my god! Um, yeah. And, oh yeah. You know, uh, like I, childhood trauma is a very important part of most <laughs> characters who are iconic in our lives. But I think uh, the the fact is, like, I I I get her mindset completely i totally understand it i also understand that indy doesn't want to be part of again you got to understand this guy's 80 years old he's not going to be throwing punches like he was in his heyday you know so i completely understand like like someone had a complaint like oh he doesn't fight the big guy in the movie it's like why would he he gets killed in one punch he he never he he rarely fights the big guy anyways he usually just shoots him no exactly but in this nazi with the plane any right okay Yes, but also like in the mines. But also like he he also years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, but I also know, he but also I, shot I'm not the guy. He should do it. I'm just saying that Bill is incorrect about him never fighting the big guy. No, no. Uh, okay, well that part is right. He has fought the guy. He even fought the big Russian guy in Crystal Skull with the ants. Around I have him. no. So, oh, I remember the ants. I don't remember a big Russian guy, but I'm gonna take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy. He's at the start. He's the second in command to. Kate, Kate Blanchett, uh, Irina Spalko, whatever. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, <laughs> okay, wait. I need Bless to you for remembering that. This, you are like Dr. Jones with the Crystal Skull knowledge. Did you see... Did you all see the tweet that had Irina Spalko with her weird haircut and then next to mm-hmm. it, it had Michelle Williams from the Fablemans <laughs> with her oh, weird yeah, yeah, haircut? Yeah. <laughs> and someone was, was like... This is why we'll never like AI will never supplant human artists because we'll never like, you know, AI will never give a crazy Russian woman this weird haircut because they've got undiagnosed mommy issues. Probably. And then the train in the Fablemans is the train and dial of destiny. Ah, oh, so, so many so, trains. Yeah, but uh, but no, not, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, what was that? Yeah, so so yeah, okay. In this particular case, he doesn't because as we can see, he gets knocked out in one punch by his goddaughter. He's not gonna survive the one punch with the big guy in this, not a chance in hell. Um, so I I'm I'm accepting that like he stays out of the action in that way for the most part, even though he's still driving around. Like, you know, he's still in those high-octane sequences, but at that time he's not doing a lot, he's just 
at the wheel, or in the case of the horse, the horse is the one <laughs> running. It's not him. Um, <laughs> but uh, in fact, I like the fact that the first time things start going wrong, you know, his first instinct isn't like, well, let's beat up these guys. His first instinct is to go to the police and start saying, there's these guys after me. I'm like, yeah, that's what you would do. Right, because right he's now. finally this... in a position where there's some police around who might help. Like, usually yeah. he's like in a forest or a desert. Yeah, but it's also at a point where it's like, I don't expect you to do anything else. Like, you're not going to be jumping around building rooftops like Helena is and be like, you know, I will stop them by, you know, myself. All right. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no. So, you know, you have to understand the sort of limitations that come with this point of time as as you are, you know, at, at your at your age. And I mean, the movie is dealing with that constantly, you know, and um, I like the fact that the movie was dealing with it as as much um as it where did we start with this conversation i'm sorry robin and i just wanted indiana jones to die in the past that's (laughs) like all i wanted speaking of the past i need to say this so the actor who played archimedes uh nasser Mm -hmm. mamarzia probably butchered Mm -hmm. that i apologize um guess what movie he was in in 2020 no idea. The rhythm, the rhythm section. section. <laughs> How about that? For a second, I thought you were going to say Tenet. I was like, time, Tenet. No, the rhythm <laughs> section. It was not tied to the themes of the movie. It was just tied to the fact that I brought up the rhythm section earlier. <laughs> Wasn't Ray Morano became famous for directing episodes of uh, uh, the, the Handmaid's Tale, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Man, everything is connected. Mm, yes. Do, 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 do. Maybe actually... there was a fissure in time. Probably. Maybe there was, there was a fissure in time for me coming on this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> but no, no, no. In all seriousness, um, I I do think um, yeah. So so uh, where what what was what was I gonna say? Yeah. Um, I want to say one thing, and I want to ask you guys this as a question as well. Where I was trying to watch the movie, but I was trying to watch it as like sort of its own thing, like. I wanted to see what Mangold does as Mangold, not like how much he emulates Mangold, uh, sorry, Spielberg, you know, um, because I don't feel like that's productive. Right. Like, I can't feel like, like, if I keep watching the movie, I'm like, oh, Spielberg would have done it like this or the shot of like this. Like, no, you, I'm here for James Mangold's movie. Let's see what he brings to it. I don't know. Was anyone else ever comparing or no? A little bit. Because like, like I said, I tend to really like James Mangold. I I liked mm. um, Ford v Ferrari. I actually watched that again the other mm. day, just because like I found it on whatever thing it's on, and I was like, oh, I like that movie, and I watched it, and I do indeed still like that movie. Um, mm. I really was a huge. I like you know I like Walk the Line. I don't know if that's you know cliche to say anymore, but whatever. Great movie, great yeah, movie. Yeah, thank you. I think so. Um, so I like Walk the Line. I like I liked the Wolverine. I really liked Logan. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to see what else he's done. Did not see Night and Day. Fucking loved 310 to Yuma. Um, mm-hmm. Girl Interrupted is fun. I just like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, um, I think that he's good. I, it seems like he gets along with all his actors. I don't know that I've gotten like a house style on him yet. And I think that's one of the things that's good about no. him is just that like mm-hmm. he attaches to whatever he's going to attach to and he delivers well. Um, so I knew that I wasn't going to get a lot of the Spielberg, like, you know, cool blocking and like, you know, the camera shifts and suddenly it's like a whole new, like image type of thing. 
I just like a lot of this felt very limp and like basic to me, like almost like, you know, it's just like, I don't know, hand it to the second unit. Who gives a shit about the third car chase in this movie? I did like the the train sequence with the uh, with the anti-aircraft gun, like actually mm-hmm. ripping through the other other uh, carts and stuff like that. I thought that was clever, um, mm-hmm. especially to kind of, you know, limit down how many adversaries that he actually had in a train full of Nazis. I thought that was clever. Um, I like seeing uh god bless him um the the little uh scientist dude i can't i can never toby remember jones? his name toby oh. jones yes thank you i love like when he's about to jump in the water and he's like what about my knee and then like all of these other like little things um at some point he has to uh climb over like this this gun barrel onto another piece of the train and you see Indy do it and he just does it and he turns back and is like, come on. And he's just like, I don't know. And then like you cut to him, like, like sketchily, like clambering over this thing. Yeah. And you're just like, this is perfect. This is, this is, this is the classic professor versus Indiana Jones, which is not the classic professor, right? He's, he's, He's the one that has this alternate life. Um, I heard someone compare him to uh, Superman in that way, where it's like when he's in professor mode, he's got the glasses on. He's kind of Clark Kent. And then he turns into, you know, Superman, Kal-El, Indiana Jones. Um, He's he's got a whole wardrobe change and like all of this other stuff. Right. Um, I thought that was pretty clever. so yeah, I think I think there are some very funny bits, especially in that in that opening sequence. I thought I thought really the de aging works really well in the first like five minutes, especially when they have the flashlight up to his face. I thought that w- looked fantastic. Um, it helps apparently that they have like thousands of hours of footage as literally Indiana Jones. Um, but the what there were a couple of things i think i think there's just too much cgi in the train sequence overall mm-hmm. um i found that very distracting because i could definitely tell um Especially and it wasn't necessarily shot of him running on top of the train that felt very yeah that was bad that was bad to me and not mm-hmm. in a good yeah um i think like i think it's a board. some of those sequences well because they're like mm-hmm. you know like even even helena running on top of the buildings in new york it was just like oh my god that was so ridiculous like it do you mean like i think aesthetically it was ridiculous like it looked bad in terms of like this it looked bad bad. it was just i don't know i guess i find it more believable that Uh they found a fissure in time and went back to the battle of syracuse then i then some of the the physical feats like indiana jones has more lives than my dolls that literally just fell off the top bunk of my bed and survived (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay you say this right now ironically while you're saying this i have a figure of dial of destiny indiana jones on my desk right now. all right knock him over (laughs) see what happens yeah let's let's do it see what happens (laughs) he fell down 
<laughs> a moment of silence, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> didn't make it. Uh, yeah, you didn't make it. Sorry. <laughs> He's next to this rocket raccoon. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And Robin knows that Rocket Raccoon's a raccoon now. Yes. Yeah. That's something that happened in the last episode. I give up. Of... <laughs> what? I give up on Robin, like knowing these pop culture <laughs> references. Like, <laughs> no, it's just not so going to happen. Obscure. It's like so obscure. You would know these things if you were part of like um, fanboy world. Rocket's or the raccoon, right? Yes. I work Rockets. at an unnamed Ivy League university. I don't know anything about raccoons that can speak. Yeah. Uh, in fact, yeah, he's a raccoon. In fact, there's a whole very emotional scene around him finding out that he's a raccoon. It's very, very nicely done. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, 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 it's really nice. Everybody cried in the theater. It was wonderful. But uh, I can't tell if you're, you're being not. sarcastic or not. I am actually not being sarcastic. Okay. It's a great sequence. It is, and I'm talking about the press screening right now, not even the official like people screening. So, um, yeah, which I've never seen before. Very responsive press screening. <laughs> hmm. um, what yeah. city are you based out of? I'm currently in uh, Montreal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, those carefree yes. Canadians. I know it's so nice here, <laughs> but, but but people love their movies here. Like when they don't like something, you hear the distaste very quickly. <laughs> like, um, like there were a couple of people who didn't like Scream and you could see Scream 6, the new one, and they made sure you knew they did not like Scream 6. <laughs> so, that's a, fuck this movie. <laughs> like, but, no, I'm just kidding. It was not in a French I feel movie. like the most vocal I've heard critics <laughs> turn on a movie was one of the latter-day uh, Terrence Malick films. It might have been Night of Cups. Was it? I think it might have been. Yeah, that was probably it um no i, I think uh, loved it and everyone and like people around me were like <laughs> no i'm trying to i think the one i've seen critics turn on the fastest when it comes to um something recent i think was wonder woman 1984 so oh. i think oh jesus i yeah. can't imagine seeing that in a in a theater good god i, didn't I saw yeah it. i heard it was real bad <laughs> I did, I saw I saw it on uh, I saw this I saw screener or HBO Max or something like I didn't at that time uh, I was visiting some family and so I was in a, they were in India and there were severe lockdowns national lockdowns and stuff so the no no theaters were open. um so I saw it at home and I know I was like I'm enjoying this and then I was like parents what do you think of this and they were like well. <laughs> but you know sorry what What are you gonna do right yeah what are you gonna do all right i think i think we're done <laughs> i i guess i don't know i Did keep I talk talking about all the ways this no 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 not at all i just feel like i don't even know what else to say about this movie i don't know i'm still confused as why uh people like it <laughs> also, Phoebe Waller Bridge, still, uh, still shocking. Mm. Don't like really like truly. I'm just like this is crazy that this is like she's in this movie, and like they're putting her next to one of the most charismatic adventures of all time, and she's like giving nothing. I think that I she she's giving it all. She, I thought that's she gave all everything. she's got. She needs to not give any more. <laughs> 
I would recommend watching Fleabag after this because I just feel like there's somewhat of a of a thing where it's like once you sort of understand like her humor, you're kind of like, oh, um, yeah, Brian doesn't good. like good things, so <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I just I don't know. I I like I had the same problem with Mutt. I, I think I can't. Even well, remember. I think everybody had the same problem with Mutt. Right. Listen, I, listen. But here's the thing: I can't remember anything about Mutt. I feel like he was a greaser and was like, I don't know, like, okay. what was he doing there? I he was a greaser. He liked to comb his hair. He liked to comb his hair straight back up every time. Right, like he carries that comb around. Yeah, he did that. He, he had, had like a, a motorcycle and a hat. Yeah. Uh, he. He was very content on never going back to school and uh, not learning anything about anything. And he was Tarzan in his past life and uh, swung with monkeys. monkeys. (laughs) Aren't you glad Helena didn't swing with monkeys? (laughs) Um, You know, yeah, I guess so. That that's so. See, there you go. Crazier. it's something. I feel like you know? it would be the like it would be a real like if you put me in a room and said, you know, Crystal Skull or uh whatever this one is called, Dial of Destiny, and then yeah, you like put a gun on the table with one bullet in it, I would just turn the gun on myself. Like I just Lord have mercy. You I are. just don't know. Because like on the one hand, like we've kind of said, like well, like I've kind of said, like this movie didn't really have a lot of personality. I like I like James Mangold as a director, but like usually as a guy who delivers like a good, competent, well-made like movie where I understand what the stakes are and what is where. And this movie, I felt like a lot of the action was incoherent. You know, like mm. I understand you're in a cave system. But it's really weird that like suddenly everyone is everywhere and this kid is like running away from these people, but they show up in front of him. And also like Mm -hmm. there's a Nazi on a train who is clearly behind the heroes, but then suddenly he's in the engine. And I don't know how that happened. Wait, have we not talked about Mads Mikkelsen at all? No, we haven't. Yeah, Um, what? (laughs) He was so hot in those round glasses. Dude, he's hot in everything. I mean, he's made candles. Yeah, but like put some round glasses on him. Oh my god! They also de-aged him for those scenes, and he did look pretty sexy de-aged. What can I say? Was he? De- uh, I don't. I don't think I understand what Mads Mikkelsen looks like because I thought that they like just aged him up in. The <laughs> I don't know. I think they. All- I agree. I agree. I thought. I thought he didn't look de-aged in in Nazi Germany, and I thought it was very strange that he looked the exact same age <laughs> to me. But like. In, in the, yeah, yeah well but not not enough to be like not compared to harrison fucking ford right. who's aged what like 40 years since between the movies like yeah, jesus yeah, christ yeah probably yeah because like, no yeah he's he's 40 in crusade but in the movie it's only been like 20 years no it's been 30 years Look, honey, it's it's not the age, it's the mileage. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. It's the round glasses. It is yeah, right. Okay. So yeah, okay. Uh, Mads Mickelson is in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And his whole goal is to go back in time because he is such a devoted Nazi. He wants to kill Hitler 
to win the war. That's how you know that he's the real deal. You know, he's not exactly. in it for the cult of personality. He's in it for the ideals. He's in it mm-hmm. for the fatherland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you need to celebrate hustle. that. You do and need then, to respect then, respect that hustle, you know. <laughs> yeah. When you see the look on his face when they realize that they have totally fucked the timeline, that's pretty mm-hmm. enjoyable. But it was funny because he's like, I can't be here. And it's like, why? You think they specifically dislike Nazis in ancient Rome? Mm-hmm. I really thought, okay, so I thought. Because when they're in that plane heading towards the vortex or the rift or the fissure or whatever it is, I thought they were going to come to present day. Mm. Did anyone else have like uh, a con? Because he's like continental drift. That's my Harrison Ford impression, apparently. And um, I was like, oh, they're going to like go off. Like it's then like, you know, they're in the 30, 30, no, it was, it was 39 to 69. And I was like, oh, now they're going to go to 99. And instead, they went all the way to the past of the Romans, which is like fine. That's cool. I get it. You know, it's a it's a, what did he call it? Like a loaded deck. You know, it was always going to come back here. It was just to get help, which maybe you should have written that on there somewhere. But, that would have been funny. Like imagine they go all the way to 1999. They crash into like Woodstock and some Limp Biscuit concert. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're like 99. Hmm. Limp Biscuit concert at Woodstock. Woodstock 99. Woodstock 99. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically. Let's specific- it was already on an airfield, you know? So you could just be like, oh, a plane coming in. What is that? Oh my god. <laughs> And and you just see Fred Durst launching a rolling. That would have been amazing. And then, but you still keep the part where Indiana Jones is like, "Let me die here. This is where I belong." You just see the stalls of shit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you show there, it's like something terrible's happened. Society's collapsed. Yeah, because of because of the music, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus Christ, man. Okay, let's make that the sixth movie, guys. So let's call it Disney right now. <laughs> but, um, but he needs to go to the future. And then Marty McFly yeah. needs to take him back to the future. <laughs> uh, Marty McFly. No, right you need something even bigger than time travel. Well, they bigger than aliens. Sort of alien. What do you need? I mean, you, you dinosaurs. Think... Okay, so that was the other thing. So there is a classic. Is that not time travel? Yeah, but she means like, yeah. you know, oh, the Romans, like those are still humans. Like we need... Yeah. Even, even the aliens were like human like. We need to go back in time. Um we need monsters. Back in time. Uh what was I gonna say? There's an episode of the Twilight Zone about a commercial airliner that goes through like an electromagnetic cloud or something and ends up back in time, like where the dinosaurs are. And I was like, Oh, are they gonna do that? That would be cool. I thought they were gonna say Woodstock ninety nine. <laughs> yes, the, there was a Twilight Zone episode where they went to Woodstock ninety nine. There's, there's another great Twilight Zone episode called Ah, shit, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, But it's a guy, it's a guy who's from more like World War I, and he goes accidentally into the future, and he is like trying to convince these guys at this American airbase of who he is, and it turns out that he knows one of the generals. He's like, I flew with him, like he was in the psalm with me. And so, Mm. you know, oh, it's so good, and I can't remember the fucking name of it. But like the, the end of it is he has to like, beat a bunch of guys up, get back into his plane, get into the plane and fly back into the vortex or whatever to go back and save the life of the man who's going to come and tell them who this guy is. And when the general comes in, he's like, 
That's that's the weirdest thing because there was a time when I was like under attack by like three German planes and like he came out of nowhere and saved my life mm. and then he got shot down and I was like oh that like man Twilight Zone was so good anyway I just want to think of things that make me happy now <laughs> Catholicism yes uh, I did not see the new Twilight Zone because they said that they were an hour long and I was like I'm not no that's you did it wrong. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyways, this movie is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do we think, uh, I don't know. What, why would he grab his hat off the sentence? clothesline? Is he just like, is he just a, didn't want mean? to blow away? Or is he no. like going to go on another it's, adventure? It, of course he's going on another adventure. Like his wife comes back and he's immediately like, let's go. No, they're having sex. And she's like, put the hat on. <laughs> let's make another yeah. baby. The other one died. <laughs> That's so yeah. fucking funny to me that they're just like, Mutt died in Vietnam. Fuck that guy. Fuck that greaser. <laughs> I just can't even tell if we're supposed to care. And that, But then he has that like very moving speech about it. And I was like, all right, I'm getting something here. Mary, Mary, Mary and he swung with monkeys. It's better he died. Did <laughs> <laughs> I ever tell you about the time my son swung with monkeys on a vine? And we saw aliens. Okay, Mr. Jones. Okay, Dr. Jones. Let's just sit down. Here's your lollipop. Happy retirement party, Oh my god. <laughs> I do I do wonder. I think that like the last two movies have been like, ooh, science. And I kind of miss the unapologetic, like just mysticism of the first three. You mean the Christianity? No, because the second one mean? wasn't Christian at all. What the fuck are you talking about? I, I, also, I'm having not, the trouble understanding what you're. I'm, I'm saying, having trouble what trouble understanding what you're asking because I'm not I asking think anything. I I'm think stating an opinion and a preference. I like okay. I like the Ark of the Covenant and the 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 rocks. You like that the I first three? The name of yeah. I like the fact that those movies were like unexplainable divine power, and this one is like. You know, I don't believe in hocus pocus, but I believe in math. And it's like, how does math define any of what we're about to fucking see? And then mm. and then in the crystal skull, it's like, oh, they're not aliens. Like they're dimensional travelers. The skulls are like a computer. It's blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, that was why for a second, for a real hot second, I was like, yeah, the Lance of Longinus. We're back to religious iconography. And then they're like, no, we're going to talk about the Antikythera mechanism. That thing everybody learned about in a cracked article that one time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I just wanted to make sure I said that because hopefully I never have to talk about Indiana Jones on this podcast again. Mm-hmm. All right. They're gonna make let's get one? the fuck out of here. That they're... No, God, no. He's 80 they're years done. old. They're done. And, and I mean, Disney's also said we're, we're done. This was it. They learned their lesson with the Star Wars thing. They're not going to make like a 48 part. Yeah. No, no, no. I thought they were going to do. In fact, they said they were going to do some kind of spinoff kind of thing, but show thing with Disney Plus. But then they wiped all of that clean (laughs) after the fact that, you know, this movie was about to drop. And then they're just like, no, it's just this movie. And I kind of have to respect that. I really hope they stick to that. Just be like, guys, we set out to make one last one. Give a final swan song okay we're done like i really really hope they've they've called it on this because i also while i did say i really enjoyed it i also believe in that aspect of you know know when you're done 
know when no know when it's like okay we are officially we run it let's run its course we, we should yeah. stop now yep you know um unless you're fast and furious apparently right um, lead that thing until right. the end <laughs> yeah no 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 because family so but but the fact is like <laughs> um I mean, I genuinely am convinced that I'll be 50 years old with like two kids or something, and then I'll and then I'll be like, kids, you want to see Fast and Furious 30? Vin Diesel's still driving <laughs> my family. <laughs> so, so, there's always room for family, kids. Uh, but it, but I do I do like the fact that at some point, you know, now I can show all five movies of this and be like, you got the whole journey, you saw the whole life play out, and now. So do you? I guess do you feel like this is a more fitting end for him than the end of the Crystal Skull? Like. Absolutely. Um, and I say that also, and I say that also because it felt, it felt like a proper peaceful ending. Like I still felt like we were abrasive in the middle of everything with Crystal Skull. Like we just saw aliens and then five seconds later, by the way, they're married, everybody, let's do it. And I said, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need a breather. We need a moment where it's just like, you know, stop for a second. Let's just talk. And so I like the fact that in this one, it's like, you know, Sala comes in and then you've got uh, Marion also there, which, by the way, this is the second time after Crystal Skull, where both times Karen Allen being in the movie was public knowledge. And in the case of Crystal Skull was on the poster. And both times I somehow had no idea she was going to be in the movies. <laughs> and both times, both times I was that one guy in the theater who went, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I knew she was going to be in this one. I don't know. I I feel like I, you know, maybe it's just like I want Indiana Jones to live in my head and I want to think about like all the other cool adventures he's going to have. And so like him getting married and then stealing the fucking hat back from his idiot son is like a good (laughs) ending to me. And this is like, so he's been shot. He's in this apartment. He's retired. He's got his wife back. And he grabbed the hat. But, like, you know, it lit, like, I assume that, like, he's still got to, like, also what's weird is they kept killing all these, like, innocent civilians. And I was like, they're clearly doing this because at some point they're going to destiny dial back. And, like, all these people will not have been killed. Like, they will, they'll Jumanji it. You know how in the movie Jumanji with Robin Williams, mm-hmm. like, at the end, it goes back to, like, the 60s. And so none of mm-hmm. the stuff ever happened. I was so sure that this movie was going to do the same thing. And instead, it's just like, nope, that poor secretary and the other dude are all still dead. So is his diver friend. So are, I don't know, seven cops or whatever. I was just like, damn, this movie had a body count. I mean, I don't think you can, I don't think they were going to ever try something like that. That would be a bit much. And plus, Jumanji's totally different, you know, system, the way that time <laughs> stuff works. And yeah. There um but uh which is so crazy but um you know although since we're talking about jumanji i did i always <laughs> love the one thing and i think the the, the new ones the dwayne johnson ones I, I like the i like that shack which is alan alan's shack which is nick jonas's shack in that person i just wanted to mention that interesting i have not seen the new ones even though i've heard that they are fun they're fun, uh, but there is a tribute sort of moment in there where they're like, hey, this uh, this shack, they find a shack in the game and it's like, it used to be owned by this guy named Alan Parrish. I was like, aww. Oh, nice. <laughs> Do they all um, wear Parrish yeah. shoes? No. Damn. Right. <laughs> um, uh, it's just, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think yeah, I don't know. I, know. I know there's a lot of conflicting opinions among this panel. 
about this movie. Um, but I also don't think it was worth all the outrage from Can. I don't think it's nearly worthy of even the negative or the positive. It's just movie. It is indeed movie. Um, yes. I want to say, oh my God, my computer is doing something. That's not what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say was, if you're interested in seeing the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, uh, it's mm. apparently on Disney Plus now. Mm. It's, uh, wow, 28 episodes plus four TV films. I can't imagine that I saw all of these. Mm. You know what's fun? Like, this will be the last thing I say. When I was a kid and I saw these and my parents, like, you know, fucking... Uh, recorded them on VHS tapes for me, children. Um, I remember at some point realizing like that we missed episodes and whatever and being Mm. like, um, Oh no, like I can't see this now and I may never see it again. And I would like keep an eye out for when it would replay. And I, I was just like said to my parents, like, Hey, like what is the deal with it? Like, how do I get to see this? And they're like, well, unless they release it on VHS, Cause like every once in a while we would buy a VHS that was literally four random episodes of the X files. Cause they like didn't mm. release the whole season. So they just like take the highest rated episodes and put them together. Um, they were like, yeah, like you just never will again. And as a child, I was so upset about this. I was like, maybe one day I'll just write to the TV or whatever. And I'll be able to see these again. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll be able to actually like, you know, get to see these uh these shows again and now we live in a world where these are online which is pretty awesome at the same time many of these streaming services are completely memory holding many of their tv shows that aren't performing well um yeah so people get to relive my sadness when i thought i'd never get to see the young indiana jones chronicles again uh Mm. and the great dial of life continues to spin anyway (laughs) that's all the great clock of life yes Mm-hmm. I guess they couldn't call it like the clock of Kalamazoo. I can't even think of like a C or a K word that deals with destiny. Karma. Karma could work. The clock of karma. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. That's. I, I, kismet. I, I don't know. The Kismet clock. Oh, the karma clock. Indiana Jones and the karma clock. Karma clock. That sounds like an indie album from the not indie Anna Jones, indie rock album. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, anyone else? Any final thoughts before we wrap up for today? Cool. Good news. Um, so that's all. I, think I was over- really thinking. Oh, were you? Okay. <laughs> I thought that was just like the general silence of no, we're done. No, mm-hmm. just like round glasses. Yeah, yeah, we, we mentioned Mads Mikkelsen and round glasses and we lost Robin for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Good God. Were you were you just spending the last 20 minutes thinking about Mads Mikkelsen, Robin? No, I'm just listening to a conversation. Oh, okay. And you were thinking about the glasses. It's okay. Well, you know what I was thinking about is Robin's- that actually Mads Mikkelsen has like a sketchy rep for being sort of like right wing courting and Wait, does he? Oh, yeah. Like, Google it. Um, And apparently, (laughs) according to my gossip Reddit, he was a huge pain in the ass on this movie and was saying some, like, really shitty shit behind the scenes. About, Um, like, Nazis or just about random shit? uh, Like, I would say right-wing courting things. um, But apparently, Harrison Ford talked shit about Mads Mikkelsen because of this. 
Hmm, I'm not explaining this very well with I'm, I'm I have to find my screenshot of this I might have deleted it um hmm. so I, okay here it is I found it okay so quote-unquote I know somebody who worked on the new Indiana Jones film apparently Mads Mikkelsen was openly spouting right-wing nonsense COVID hoax anti-vax stuff as well as even more extreme opinions that were described as verging on some kind of white supremacy quote-unquote Harrison Ford absolutely despised working with him and had no problem telling him to shut the fuck up. Supposedly they ended up getting uh, near, nearing, I'm sorry. Supposedly they ended up near coming to blows at one point. Dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun. Now granted this is coming from gossip Reddit. So take it with a grain of salt. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I found an article in the guardian from did you see the picture of him and Jordan Peterson? No, it says Mad Mickelson. Wrong run woman. One wrong word. One word wrong. That's why I can't say this. One word wrong, and you're a dead person. I'm assuming this is about that's his culture. quote. Yeah. Yeah. He's very uh quote unquote anti-cancel culture, whatever that means. I mean, most people should be. Depends on what you're trying to cancel. I mean, like I would say that, like, if bad. it's something that you should go to jail for, it's not cancel culture. It's just the law, you know. So, like, right. bad. Um, I don't know. I can't read this entire Guardian article. There's a lot of very sexy pictures of him, and they're distracting me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a, a good little piece of gossip that we can't confirm or deny, and I'll probably get asked to cut from this podcast. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, no, actually, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, here it is. Mads Mikkelsen went to Jordan Peterson today. What does that mean? He went to Daddy Peterson. What, like he went to go like hang out or was like he have a I don't know. I'm not reading this. I don't Reddit know. Post. Hmm. It's not only on Reddit. I know, but I'm looking at the Google page and one of the top ones is a Reddit. There's also a Newsweek piece about J.K. Rowling. Rowling. It's Rowling. What? Uh, rolling like know, rolling pin. I can't say a single name right. Well, you didn't say Kane, so. Yes, I didn't say Kane. That's true. I couldn't even remember what we were talking about. I was trying to think of a joke about Indiana Jonas. But anyway, that's it for today. Um, Robin, what are we talking about next week? Asteroid City. Woo. Mm. Exciting. Can't wait. Excited to see it. Um, Super cool. So look out for that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Filmstage Show, Facebook, the Filmstage Show. Go to patreon.com slash Filmstage Show to give us your money. And uh, go to movie.com slash Filmstage. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Filmstage to see 2046 and Sollers Point and uh, Synecdoche, New York. Um, for free for 30 days. M-U-B-I.com slash Filmstage. Uh, that's it for today. So let's tell the fine people uh, where we can be found between now and the next time that we absolutely lose our goddamn minds. Uh, Sharia, would you like to begin and tell people where they can find your work online? Uh, yeah, you can find me on, well, all social medias uh, that you use and new ones coming up as we speak. Oh, yeah. So if anyone has a blue sky <laughs> invite, throw them at me. Uh you know, I guess I need to try to get on there. Uh, I'm also, does anyone have any thoughts on this threads thing that Facebook is doing? So quite literally, oh, that's what yeah, that is. 
Yeah, so quite literally, as we were doing this podcast, threads went live about just before that. Yeah, I got a bunch of, uh, like, notifications. Like, so-and-so was posted for the first time on threads. I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. No, apparently none of my friends are cool. Yeah, so so I am on threads now as well. Um, And... All of it is the same username. It's so like, underscore Charlotte. <laughs> so wait, so like during this episode, you were like, oh, time to get on threads. No, of course not. I, why would I be posting on threads during an episode such an important system? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> well, we're basically podcasting the Kennedy assassination live. You are um, on threads. I'm downloading threads right now, actually. <laughs> right uh no uh but if you really want to find most of my work it's on this place called youtube you can find me by just searching my name honestly like as it's spelled out in this podcast yes. and you know you can watch some reviews you can see the review for this movie which is controversially positive and uh <laughs> you know you can and uh hopefully you guys enjoy yourselves on there nice all right, Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG, but I don't tweet much. You can also find Do you me... Do much, though? I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram at Billstagram, mixing it up on the Slack channel, or finding me on Diablo 4. All right. Robin Barr. Uh, you can find me on Twitter for now. At R O B Y N B A H R. Uh, maybe I'll be on some of these other blather sites soon. We'll see. Um, you can also find me on Letterboxd. I rate out of four stars, so I'm not just an evil bee giving all your favorite movies terrible ratings. And you can also <laughs> sometimes find my writing at the Hollywood Reporter. I just had a couple of pieces come out recently. Um, I reviewed the new Cindy Lauper documentary, and I also wrote about. Uh, some good tv performances uh this past year so yeah fun stuff so at my distillery uh we've begun running a once monthly whiskey club where we do like a whiskey tasting and everyone writes like their thoughts and we share them we rate on a scale of one to five and someone was like this is a really good whiskey it's like not perfect it's like blah blah blah, and it's a 2.5 and i was like how the hell are you gonna come in hot with a 2.5 percent you said was like serviceable that should be like a three and he's like, no, it's like the midway. And I'm like, the midway on a scale of five is not 2.5, it's three. And so we had this big argument and I actually brought up you and your crazy four star scheme. <laughs> I was like, on Letterboxd, you can only like set one through five and she just studiously will not use that fifth star. Oh man. And then we all talked about how much we hate like quantitative grading skills like that. So, Robin, you're in my thoughts always. Um, as for myself, speaking of my distillery, uh, if you'd like to learn more about it, go to inkwellwhiskey.com or schmidtspirits.com. You can find me on my personal site, briangerone.com, and you can find me on every social media site, including apparently threads now, um, <laughs> at Brian J. Rowan. Uh, I have to decide if I'm going to make my profile public or private. I guess I'll go public. Who gives a shit? Um, that's it. So yeah, you can also find this episode, every episode and all of my writing over at thefilmstage.com. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time.